The following message by Nathaniel Church is brought to you by Together in Christ. Good evening, church. When uh, Pastor Scott asked me to preach this evening, I didn't know that I'd be following the uh, children's uh, choir. And let me tell you, that's a hard act to follow after uh, little Mr. Fisher there doing the air guitar and headbanging. Uh, Pastor Tim asked how we were going to close the service, and I think we're going to bring him back up to, uh, to do that for us. It, it brings me great joy uh, to see the children's choir up here singing and praising our Lord. And as children, we know that we don't really have a lot going on. We don't have a lot of heartache, a lot of pain, a lot of suffering, um, the same as we do as, as adults. Um, and I want to start this, this evening with the verse that Pastor Tim ended with this morning. Um, in John 15, verse 11, it says, These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This evening we're going to be in Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 through 18, but I thought that verse was so fitting. I thought about everything that Pastor Tim said this morning about struggles and suffering and having joy through that. I thought about what he said about Jesus. This is, this is only a very, very short time prior to his crucifixion that... He was saying these things and, and talking with his disciples and encouraging them. And tonight in Philippians, we're, we're going to see another encouragement, an encouragement from Paul, who is also, at the moment of this encouragement, suffering some sort of affliction. In, in Philippians, Paul is uh, writing this letter, and, and we know from uh, Acts 16, as, as Paul is on his second missionary journey, he's establishing this church in Philippi, and, and this church is uh, a colony of a bunch of retired Roman soldiers. And, and, and through this time and fellowship that Paul had with them, he, he grew just a great friendship with them. They, they supported him. They encouraged him. He encouraged them. And then they heard that Paul was imprisoned. They heard that he was in prison in Rome, and they decided to do something for him. They decided to send him a letter. Uh, they collected money to assist him in this uh, time of his life. And, and they sent that letter on to him. And then Paul sent a letter back, and that would serve as this uh, letter here to the Philippians that we were going to read a, a section out of. But Paul knew from their letter, knew from what they were saying and talking about, and just knowing from the, the general atmosphere of Philippi that they were going through some opposition. He knew that they were doing very well in the life of a Christian, but also knew that they were facing day-to-day -day opposition in their Christian walk. So he brings the example of his own life. He, he brings the example of him and his imprisonment to let them know that they should have joy in their afflictions, that they should move on 
and move past the suffering and the pain and the opposition to know that God has their best interests in mind. God has them in his grasp. He, he talks about in, the, in this section of his letter how he's been able to show Christ even during this time of his imprisonment. And that it, it has caused some to gain confidence to also share Christ. And how he's watching that during this time, during this affliction in his life, during this imprisonment, he is able to proclaim the gospel without fear and others are also following that suit. So if you have your Bibles, we're in Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 through 18. He starts off with, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ and most of the brothers having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of a selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. Let us pray. Father God, we come to you today, Lord. And we thank you. We thank you for this opportunity to be in your house, this opportunity to hear your word, Lord. I just pray that you will open our hearts and our minds. Help us, Lord. Guide us as we worship in the reading of your word. And I just pray that we will be able to apply it to our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. So, as I mentioned, this letter, Paul starts off, with a letter of encouragement. It's a, it's a letter to encourage them through their opposition, through their afflictions, to reinforce that what they were currently doing as Christians was a very wonderful thing and a wonderful example of their Christian walk, but it was also set to guide them, guide them in their walk to continue on, to push through the opposition. I think of songs like, I will praise you in this storm. Praising God when there is all kinds of heartache, all kinds of pain, suffering. Sometimes it's hard to do. But Paul was encouraging them to push on. He was inspiring them and showing his perfect example of how even though he was imprisoned, even though he was dealing with an infliction, he was still pushing on, preaching the gospel, teaching Christ. In verse 12, it says, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me really has served to advance the gospel. This is allowing Paul to, to have experiences, opportunities that he wouldn't normally have. 
He is around people that in his day-to-day walk, he would not normally be able to conversate with, not normally be able to share the gospel, to minister to. And he's using that to spread the word and to advance the kingdom. He's been put in a place, it says here in, in verse 13, so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for, for Christ. The, the Greek word here, talking about the imperial guard and the, the rest, isn't just talking about a Roman soldier. It's talking about the whole palace. We're talking about Roman soldiers. We're talking about officials, leaders. We're talking about everybody in that palace of Caesar. He's able to spread the gospel to all of those people just by his imprisonment. He's allowing them to have access to the word that they don't, wouldn't normally have access to. All because of a situation that God had put him in and he is using it for his glory. Paul is ministering through his affliction. But not only is he ministering through his affliction, he is finding strength. We have all heard that old saying, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. This saying actually originated from a German philosopher. His name was Friedrich Nietzsche. And the thought behind the saying was, as we faced injuries, as we faced pain, as long as we didn't die, it would build us up. It would make us stronger. And you could use that and use that as an advantage to strengthen yourself for the next trial that you're going to face. I feel, though, as Christians, we can take that saying and put our spin on it. Our afflictions, even the afflictions of fellow Christians, can be used to strengthen us. Not only can we learn from those trials, we can take and we can use those to minister and witness. We see in verse 14, Paul is speaking of a boldness to witness that others are starting to have. Others have gained a strength and a boldness to go on and to preach the word and to witness to others that they wouldn't normally do because of Paul's current situation, because of his affliction. It was causing the weak to want to rise up and to, it, it gave them confidence. Confidence in the Lord. That no matter the trials that we face, God has us in his grasp. That he's protecting us. He is saying here that God, the God that we serve, is using all situations for his glory. Now I'm sure the fleshly fear was still there. Their brother Paul was in prison for spreading the gospel. So I'm sure in the back of their mind, they were thinking, I don't want to be in prison. I don't want to have to go through this because we've all been there in our flesh. But at the same time, they were excited. They were excited to know that what Paul was going through, 
he was going through for God and that God was going to use that for his glory. And God was going to use that to build his kingdom. They knew that the trials that we face here on this earth are only a fraction of the glory that we're going to have in the next life, in heaven. They knew what the greater reward, reward was, and they knew that it awaited them. They knew that this life was temporary and heaven was eternal. Think about things that are going on in your life. Think about a situation that may be trying you, an affliction. That situation could be happening in your life to strengthen a fellow brother or sister. I think back, I was in a position at, uh, at my job. I was struggling. I was miserable. I didn't like what I was doing. I couldn't stand being there day to day. I didn't want to go. I was working long hours. I was dealing with a manager that just made me miserable. And then a friend of mine, he got that same position. He got that position at a different store, different location, and he was dealing with the same issues, some of them worse. And he didn't know how to carry on, how to move on. Nathaniel, how can I balance this in church? How can I do this and this? You've been doing it for a while. What have you been doing? And I had to look back over the years that I had been doing this. I said, hey, this is how we do it. And I helped him. I walked him through it. God had already set me up to help set him up, to help strengthen him, to help guide him. I was going through something for the purpose of helping someone else later on down the road. Paul was going through a situation where I'm sure at some points he was miserable to help others later on down the road, whether it be the Philippians that he was writing to or even us as recipients of the letter that we're reading now. As we move on to verses 15 through 18, we see Paul talking about how the ones that have started to preach, some of them were preaching out of love and goodwill and others out of envy and rivalry. And I, I, love, I love the optimistic view that Paul has when he writes this letter. In, uh, in verse 18, when he says, and in that I rejoice. I love that, that confidence, that optimism, because when you take these two types of people and he's rejoicing about it, you think, why? Why would Paul rejoice 
when some are doing it out of selfish gain, some are attempting to afflict him because they're jealous of Paul. Not jealous because he's in prison, but jealous because of what he's been able to do and what he has been doing and what he's accomplishing. Why? Why is he finding joy in this? Well, he's finding joy in this because he knows when Christ is spoken, when Jesus is taught, when the Gospels are breathed, God will use that for his glory and for his honor. He knows that God takes everything and uses it for his good. I think about... uh, Romans 8, 28, it says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. When the truth is spoken, when it's planted through the teaching and the preaching of the gospel, God begins a harvest. I think the significance that Paul's trying to get across here is that through his imprisonment, through his affliction, he can give God the glory because through that opposition, he's able to spread the gospel. Now it's talking about being imprisoned, but that's any kind of affliction. A job that's causing you pain, a terminal illness, friends or or family uh, dealing with challenges with them, all of those situations can be used for kingdom work as long as we Make Christ our center. Make Christ our focus. We can find Christ in all things. And through that, we need to teach and preach the gospel every moment that we have. Whether it just be from showing people Christ through our actions, not even just our words, but our actions, to actually speaking the gospel to those around us. God can be putting us in situations that we don't understand for the sole purpose to expand the kingdom. For every situation in our lives, good, bad, or indifferent, should be used for his glorification. This year has uh, has been particularly difficult in my family's life. And we are only two months in. On January 1st, uh, we had a funeral for my great aunt who passed away on Christmas. Uh, We celebrated her life and her memory. And we celebrated it because we knew she was going home to be with our Lord. Yesterday, my family said goodbye to my cousin, my great aunt's son. He passed away a couple weeks ago. But we can have peace and we can have joy 
in knowing that both of them are at home with our Lord. And we can use that situation, even though it hurts us, even though it's causing us heartache here on this earth for a selfish reason, we can use the example of their lives and knowing that they're with Christ to preach and teach the gospel. And we have. We've shown Christ in that situation through the example of their life, through talking about how they lived, how they lived for Christ while they were here. Trials, struggles, afflictions, pain, heartache, all of these things are difficult to deal with. But we're not alone. Every one of you, every one of us, deals with that daily. As God's children, we are promised to be persecuted. We are promised to go through struggles. We are promised to go through trials. But we are also promised the glory of the kingdom. I was talking with somebody one time and they're like, I don't understand why I'm suffering so much. It doesn't make sense. I've turned my life over to God and yet I'm suffering. And my, my thought and my words to them was, Jesus himself suffered a terrible, terrible death. He suffered for you and I. He suffered for proclaiming the good news. Why would you expect anything less from your life? If the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords suffered, why as servants of a holy God as proclaimers of the gospel, would we expect anything less? We are going to suffer. Scripture promises us that. We know that here on this earth, we are going to go through trials. But heaven awaits us. That is our reward. That is our glory. That is our gift. Later on in chapter 2 of Philippians, Paul urges Philippi to have a servant's attitude, just as Jesus had. If we're supposed to be Christ-like, like I said, Christ suffered, so should we. But we should also be Christ-like in the aspect of the servant's attitude, being humble. Jesus didn't take his high position as the Son of God and come to rule. He was humble. All for the sake of others. Humble to the point of suffering afflictions for his ministry. 
We need to find strength and glory in our Redeemer who suffered for us. Rejoice in hope and be patient in tribulation and be constant in prayer. Romans 12, 12. Pastor Tim talked about prayer, the importance of prayer this morning. It is so important to pray because you know what? You cannot go through those trials. You cannot go through that suffering. You cannot deal with that affliction if you are not praying to our God, our Lord and Savior. If you are not in communication with him, if you are not in the word, you have no chance of making it through those trials with joy. You have no chance of rejoicing in your afflictions. Look to him as the example, the example of the great servant, the suffering servant. Look to him as the example of encouragement in our trials. And look to him in the example of love so that we can have joy and we can have peace in all situations. Remember to preach and teach and show Christ in all things, in all situations. Use that in your daily walks. Remember that as you hit that speed bump, as you're going through that struggle. Remember the words of encouragement from Paul. Let us pray. Father, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for all that you give to us, Lord. Not just the good things, not just the easy things, but for everything. Not just for the things that we ask for, not just for our wants and for our needs, Father. But I want to thank you for the hard times. I want to thank you for the heartache, Lord, for the pain. I pray, Father, that we as, as a people will be long-suffering. And I just pray that you will grant us the patience to wait out the situations or the afflictions in our lives, Lord. The heartaches that we may be facing. Father, I pray that we can find you in, in all conditions and that we can endure and that we can find you and, and just speak your word. Help us, Lord, to face them head on. Help us to use what is going on in our lives, Lord, for your glory, for your honor. I pray that you help us to minister to those around us, Lord, allowing us to be like Paul and give encouragement and strength and confidence in our own afflictions. Help us, Father, to praise you always, even in the storms, especially in the storms, Lord. God, I just pray that you'll help us to be joyful when afflicted. Show us your ways. Guide us 
guide us and strengthen us, Lord. I just pray that you will just help us as we go away from this place, as we are struggling, suffering, that we look to you, that we are always Christ-centered. I pray that we can use situations, use your words to minister to others, Lord. Give us a boldness to teach and preach. Encourage us, Lord. In your heaven and holy name I pray. Amen. Pastor Tim uh, went over a little bit this morning and he apologized. And I think that was his gift was to allow me to preach tonight because he knew that I would go short. Um, He reminds me often of the seven and a half minute sermon that I preached the first time I preached. So I hope this was encouraging to you. I hope that no matter what is going on in your life, that you can seek God in your afflictions. But any situation, good, bad, or indifferent, remember Make it Christ-centered. Speak the word and be encouraged. You're dismissed. You have been listening to a message by Nathaniel Church from Together in Christ. This content has been provided to you by Monroe Missionary Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at mmbconline.org.